You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I'm just so excited. I'm so honored to be able to speak and to, to minister this morning. And I know that I have a message this morning because just prepare yourselves. Are we ready? I'm smiling because it's like I know the stories I'm going to tell. And I'm like, only God, only God. But they're going to help us today. So um, we're in a series called Come What May, Praise. And uh, how good is that song? Written, produced by our very own church. Amazing. And, um, and it's Connect Sunday. So I thought, all right, I'm in a series, Come What May, and it's Connect Sunday. I will do a hybrid message. There's both. So... Um, I want to share today, the title of my message is called How to Live in the In-Between. How do we come what may praise? How do we do it? Now, all of you are already here, so you got some really good things going on. You're already doing it. But I just want to break it down a little bit this morning on some things in my life that have sustained me on the in-between. And some of us, you know, we were um, born into... um, well, I would say all of us are born into a level of dysfunction, let's be honest, because um, we live in a fallen world. We were not born into the original paradise. What the heck, Adam and Eve? <sighs> Still, you know, I'm just like, what if they didn't sin, right? And That's just me, but anyways. So we're all born into a level of dysfunction. We're all born into a level of come what may. Others of us, maybe we were born in a wonderful family, had a wonderful childhood, and then came come what may. I found that come what may happens multiple times in our lives. I find that come what may, when the mm, hits the fan, right, in our lives, that it's happened multiple times in our lives. So how do we come but may praise? And I was thinking about my own childhood, and I um, was remembering, you know, when I was a kid, maybe seven, eight years old, I actually took gymnastics. And I loved gymnastics, and it was so much fun. And I was actually really good, randomly, at the balance beam. I loved the double bars, but I was good at the balance beam. And, um, you know, the balance beam is like you get from point A to point B, And you get to, like, jump off. It's amazing. So, you know, one day we're practicing, and um, generally we're up on the balance beam going from point A to point B. And that particular day, the coach tells us, listen, we're just going to practice some jumps on the floor. So before we get up to the balance beam, we're going to just practice your jumps, your cartwheels, your round-offs. And I'm like, cool, wow, we're doing this on the floor, easy. And so I'm like, great. And so we kind of get in line, and I just like, bam, go for it. So I'm doing my cartwheels, my roundup, not realizing that the coach had come alongside of me wanting to be like, or was there to spot me. Didn't see her. And so I just go for it, bam, I'm doing my cartwheel. I do a round off, and all of a sudden as I do my round off, um, my leg decides just to go out a little bit. And I didn't know she was there, and bam, round off kick to the face. Not even kidding, the coach goes flying, her contact falls out. Like, it is like mayhem in in this moment. And I kind of think about life like that. Like, we're at point A, we're so pumped and excited, and then bam, round off kick to the face. 
And then we somehow have to figure out still how to get to point B, right? Somewhere in the in-between, there is mess, there is pain, there is struggle, but there is a way to live that come what may, we praise. Can I get an amen? You know, I see this come up a lot all throughout the Bible, and I think a lot of us have to get through the fact that we all have a past. We all have a present, too. We all have mess and struggle and things going on in our life, and it's actually quite a normal thing. And throughout the Bible, there is person after person after person showing us that they were not perfect, and yet they were these wonderful Christians that led lives of legacy, and, and, and through it all were believing for their promise. So I find on the in-between, there is pain, there is delay, but there is a promise, and the promise stands. I look at the life of, of Joseph. We've heard a lot of these. I'm just going to go over real quickly because we've heard message after message about these phenomenal people in the Bible. I was thinking of, of Joseph, and I'm like, Joseph, he was promised to be the man in the family that would preserve his family line. And then his very family are the ones that sold him into slavery. You want to talk about a promise and then go, how is that going to happen? And then he's like, just read his life. It's insane. He winds up in prison. He's an innocent man in prison. And then they find out he is innocent. And then he's still stuck in prison because they forget about him. I don't know about you, but if there's been times in my life where I felt forgotten, you feel unseen. You feel like the very thing that God has promised you is so far off. In between the promise, there is struggle and there is pain and it's real. And in Joseph, in between his promise, there was pain and there was delay, but the promise still stood. I thought of Mary, Mary, mother of Jesus. Could you imagine? She, she was told by the angel that she would have a son named Jesus and he would be the savior of the world, that he would rule and reign. Don't you think that as she watched Jesus and his life, her son, that you would think that he would rule and reign then? Like she's waiting for him to rule and reign the earth. And instead she watches him go to the cross. To think that, that her promise that what she was told was dead, she watched him die. And yet the promise stood. He was resurrected three days later, not just to rule and reign the earth, but every kingdom of the world. The promise was so extraordinary, but in between was delay, struggle, and pain. So how do we do it? How do we live a life of come what may, I will praise? And I wanna share a few from my own life. Um, this is something I still journey out today. So I'm very much preaching and ministering to myself. There's many things that we can do to come what may praise, but I'm just gonna share a few that have sustained me in my life regardless of the come what mays. Are you with me? And in my own life, you know, I remember years ago um, going through a season where it was like one thing after another. Ever felt like that? It's like the waves that come in and they just don't stop and you get drug under. And I can remember uh, years ago, I just went through a season like that and there was a month where it was like, I felt like the carpet was like pulled out from under me. Um, I had uh, my first home. Um, was uh, there was a fraudulent deed on my property when I went to sell it and I lost all my equity. 
it was the fight of a lifetime and it was horrible and it was so hard to walk through and, and I lost all the equity in that house. In the same month, um, my mother was diagnosed with cancer. In the same month, I had a relationship that, that just deteriorated. It was like a month where like anything that could go wrong went wrong. And everything inside of me wanted to withdraw. Like wave the white flag, I surrender. But like not just I surrender to God, but I just, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> and then I found my come what may. I feel like it's in those very seasons that us as Christians, we might have believed in God, we might have received God, but we actually get to live out our Christianity. In those moments, we get to be Christians. So here's a few that I have learned through the years. My first point is this. Against all hope in hope, believe. Against all hope in hope, believe. Abraham and Sarah, as we've heard, Pastor Marco, you preached brilliantly um, on, on Abraham. So good. Um, Abraham and Sarah, childless until 90 and 100, but promised to be the father and the mother of, of nations. Sarah, Sarah Hebrews 11, 11 says this, and by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. So her faith didn't come from circumstances, is that she considered, regardless of what she saw, Jesus was faithful. Abraham, Romans 4, 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. What does that mean? Against all hope, like when there's no hope, you can't see it. It's not in front of you. It's not there. And so you're not looking at a thing. You're not looking at a person. In those times where you feel personally like, oh, everything's gone. I can't muster this up. I can't do it on my own. In those times, it's that we can place our hope in hope itself. Because hope is Jesus. It's in him. Hope is the person of Jesus. So even when we can't see it, the person, the thing, we can hope in hope itself. And it says, against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. So shall your offspring be. I love this verse in Romans 4, 18 in the NLT. It says, even when there was no reason for hope. Come on, let's talk about it. Think about your own situation. We've all been through a lot in the last couple years, and I know that, you know, come what may, we are here, but I want us to think personally. What's your personal promise? What are the personal things that God has spoken to you in your life about? What are the things that you've been, been holding on to? And when we can't see that happening, I love this verse. It says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, this, that's how many descendants you will have. Where do we go when we can't see the promise? Where do we go when we feel like it's all shattered? Where do we go when the dream that was before us we can't find and we can't see? We go to hope itself. We go to the very source Jesus is hope. And here's the thing about hope. We cannot let go of all hope because that's when the Bible says our hearts will grow sick. 
heartache and pain, being heart sick, God addresses it. He says this, Romans 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is the tree of life. Notice it says hope deferred. The promise was not deferred. The thing, the person, the whatever we've been believing for, that's not been deferred. A promise is a promise. But we can't give up on it. We can't let go of hope because that's when the heart will ache. That's when the heart just begins to grow sick. So we have to place our true hope in hope itself. In Jesus, Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to go to a higher source in those times. Our own self can't make hope happen. But the Bible says that hope is empowered by a supernatural source. It's empowered by the Holy Spirit. So we don't have to muster it up. We don't have to just go at it hard. No, we've got to step into the presence of all living God. We have to step in and go, Holy Spirit, empower me. That joy and peace may come right now, even though I don't feel it. Even though I can't see it, I will hope in hope itself because hope is Jesus Christ. Anybody with me? Come what may, let hope arise. Come what may, let's begin to believe in hope itself, in Jesus. And it's empowered by a supernatural source. I think we're good there. We're good? Okay. Point number two. Don't run from Jesus, run to him. I know these are the basics this morning, but the basics sustain us. Jesus in the Bible is actually not complicated. And when you have a to-do list that you have to figure out 15 different ways to get there, probably not Jesus. Jesus is simple. But we've got to go to him. We've got to run to him. And honestly, I wanted to bring this up because I feel like in the moments where we're really dealing with the in-between, when we're dealing with our own chaos and struggle and our, and our past that seems to come right up that, that we need to deal with, in those moments are when we want to run from the source we should run to. But David in the Bible gives me so much hope. When I read about David, I read about a man who's always found with Jesus. He's always found conversing. He brings his pain. He brings his struggle. He brings his mess to Jesus constantly. And the thing I like about David that helps me is that he actually didn't have pristine character. David was not perfect. Like David was courageous. David was a mighty man. David was extraordinary. But he had some epic failures in his life. And I like that because it gives me hope. We're not looking to see, oh, wow, he was just morally pure his entire life. Well, yes, I should aspire to be that. Well, that's difficult. Only Jesus did that. Jesus was the only person on planet Earth that lived perfectly, moral character perfectly all the time. And I'm not giving us license to sin, but I'm just saying for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When that happens, do we run to Jesus instead of run from him? 
David, <laughs> at times, was like the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> he, in um, 2 Samuel, I encourage you to read the story, but David slept with a married woman and then killed her husband. Don't do that. I'm not saying to do that, but like, and then God calls David like, a man after my own heart. I'm like, um, did you see what David did? What do you mean he's a man after your own heart? Like his mess, but God's not afraid of our mess. God doesn't pretend that mess doesn't happen. But God's saying, come on, come to me. Let's together, let's deal with the mess. Don't hide it from me, come to me. He's our source. Struggles are normal. Everyone has a past. Everyone has a present. But we can run to Jesus. I love this verse. One of my favorite verses in Psalms, it says, Psalm 139, 23 through 24. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thought and see if there is any wicked or hurtful way within me and lead me in the everlasting way. That's David. Search me thoroughly. I'd be like, uh, maybe don't search me that much. You're going to find a lot. There's a lot of dirt in there. But when I was kind of just meditating on this verse, the word search in that particular verse in the Hebrew is the word often used to describe the way miners searched for deep gold. So when we say, search me, oh God, it's not a time to hide. It's that God's gonna find the gold in the mess. That God is the only one that's gonna look through and go, yeah, you did that and you jacked up there and you did this and you did that, but I'm gonna find gold that's gonna bring out of you everything that I put into you, that's gonna sustain you, that come what may, you're gonna praise me. We are gonna praise Almighty God because he's the only one that can dig in the mess and find the gold inside of us. He doesn't bring us to shame, he brings us to purity. How good of a God. That when we say, search me, oh God, he's like, oh, I will search you and I will find the gold that you don't even think exists right now. You're so buried in your mess, but I'm gonna find the gold inside of you that will bring out the talent, the gifting, the ability. That will, that's why everybody on this stage praises God because we know how messy we are. We're like, only God. Only God could find the gold right here. Come what may. Come what may. We run to Jesus. We don't run from him. I found that when I want to run, I stay. When I want to run, I simply stay. I find that human nature, and because of a lot of times the things that we've gone through, Sometimes we think, well, how do I do that? How do I run to Jesus? And sometimes, and I hear this a lot from people that come into church, like, yeah, but I'm spending time with Jesus and, and I don't hear him and I don't see him and I don't, listen, sometimes we've been through so much. Sometimes there are traumas and pains. There's blockages. It isn't that Jesus isn't speaking. It's that sometimes we gotta clear the cobwebs to be able to hear him. Now, there are times where Jesus is silent, and that's okay. We can be a Christian 
we stay. When God is silent, I have found, that's okay, I'm gonna put on that worship music. I have a song now that says, come what may I praise. I'll put that on. I'm not hearing God, but oh, he's there. Because my Bible says that he is. Because it says that we're two or more are present. He is there. So when I don't feel it, I have to believe the words. I have to stand on the principles. i got to believe the things that I don't feel yet. Feelings follow principle. Feelings follow. They don't lead. Feelings are awful leaders. Feelings will bring you into places you never wanted to go to. Sometimes we have to tell our feelings to stop. <laughs> and then we stand in the presence of God. And we put on worship music. And we stay. We stay with God. When Jesus is silent, we worship him because he's God. You know, when it's those times where we've been hurt or we have those barriers or those traumas or those blockages... Those are the time we go to people. That's going to be my third point. But in that, we stay in the presence of God until. We stay until. We get up every day and we do what God has called us to do. We stand in his presence. We praise. We put on worship music. We live by principle and not by feeling until a word from heaven changes everything. Until, often in my life, when I have experienced all kinds of pains, and the big ones and even the little ones, if I was honest, like when, when things just go awry and happen, sometimes I have to pull myself back and just go to Jesus and go, Jesus, that hurt. I don't pretend that it didn't. I spent way too much of my life going, it's fine, moving on. It's not fine and we don't move on. At some point, those feelings are gonna come up. And if we don't deal with them in present moments, they will come up at the worst times. So I've learned in present time, in present pain, in present hurt, that I run to Jesus. And I go, Jesus, minister to me now. Because there are some times in our lives and some things that hit us in such a way that no human word is gonna do what God's word does as beautiful and as wonderful as people are, there's some times where you just have to close your door, you spend time with Jesus, and you go, just minister to me now. And he does. He shows up every time. And we'll minister right in that place where we are at. So if we have experienced pain, we've experienced delay, that's our in-between. The promise still stands, but come what may, stay. Run to Jesus. We're good? Point number three, don't retreat. Don't run from healthy community. Run to healthy community. I had to put in healthy because people run to people, but it doesn't mean they're found in the right places. Because when real pain hits, people want to go to the addiction. You want to go to the vice. You want to go to places where you can numb yourself and numb the pain, but numbing is not healing. Numbing just adds more layers that we then have to take off and get ministered to. So instead, we have to learn how to run to healthy community. So we have those moments where we run to Jesus, and then we've got to run to people. And... Healthy community, you know, we're talking about Connect. This is Connect Sunday. We run 
to this place, to church. We go to church events. Why? Because sometimes in our lives when we are going through things, we can't in ourselves muster it up, right? It comes through the Holy Spirit. So why not place ourselves in an environment where the Holy Spirit is alive and well, where this person next to you is literally bringing heaven to earth. Maybe in that moment, you're not feeling it, you're not thinking it, so you will borrow their faith. So you will come into this place and you're like, I'm not feeling it, I'm not, but I am in an environment where the Holy Spirit is alive and well and moving and ministering and I can't muster it up. So I'm gonna allow the Holy Spirit to minister to me in an environment like this. When we go through stuff, we run to church. We run to connect groups. We run to events. Events are not about the event. Events are opportunities, environments created so that when we're like, I don't know how to deal. I don't know how to do great. We will show you the way. That's being a Christian. We're going to show you the way. When we're not feeling it, when we're not thinking, that's the very time to run to healthy community. It's the very time to run to church. I believe it's in those very times where church, connect groups, friendships, real ones, real Christian healthy friendships are essential. We learned that from these last couple years. It's essential that we have relational connection. We cannot do life alone. And I want to show a little clip from, from YouTube, and this is how I know this message is from Jesus, because I woke up at like 3 o'clock in the morning which I don't like to do, and it's, I'm like, a, I sleep. So you got to know if I wake up at 3 in the morning, like, there's something. And so I'm like, okay, is this the devil? Is this God? What's happening? Either way, I don't really want to be awake, but okay. And then I did the worst thing. I grabbed my phone. Turn that thing on, and then it's like you're in another, like, great. Now I just lost an hour of my life. And in the middle of the night when I should be sleeping, it was like 3 a.m., and I was like praying and then I like clicked open the phone and um, th these like YouTube scares, it was so bizarre. Anyways, and so I watched this one um, about a sheep and I feel like Pastor Katie's anointing has rubbed off on me because those of uh, my friends that know me, um, I do love people more than animals. So it's not that I don't love animals. Don't come to me with all that stuff. People love to like make fun of me. No, I just, I elevate people over animals. Anyways, and so I watched this YouTube on, on the sheep that lost its way. And I want to show you uh, that clip. And it really, I'm like, that'll preach. And I literally w was like, that's my third point. So um, can we go ahead and show that little clip of a sheep? He's forgotten somehow and lost in the forest at least five years. I think he was a bit shell-shocked when he arrived. He couldn't really see because the wool had grown over his eyes. It must have been so incredibly painful. The local chap saw this mammoth moving amongst the trees and had to look twice. And it turned out to be the sheep, so he texted us to see if we could take the sheep on, which we readily said yes. I can't imagine how he survived, but he did. That's right. That's all right. Good girl. 
He had over 35 kilos worth of water in That's how long the poor fellow had been out there. He had to get the police off, but we knew that was a huge risk to his health and safety, but leaving it on was a greater risk. that little clip and I couldn't help but notice what they said. I found it interesting because that sheep lost its way. It, it retreated. It went away from the pack. It was alone for five years. How long some of us have strayed from the pack. And when they found him and they, they brought him back, they said that that wool had grown, grown so much that he couldn't see. He was losing his eyesight. And that's what happens when we're alone. We don't see clearly anymore. We're actually not processing well because we're alone in our thoughts. We can't see our way forward. They said that when they got to him, he was in survival mode. How many of us got to church like that? We survived, but I believe God wants us to thrive. They said that he was carrying 80 pounds of wool. They actually called it a burden. 80 pounds of burden. And they said it would have been too dangerous to leave it on him. Isn't that like a connect group? Isn't that like a church that really cares? That says, come in with all the burdens, when you're in survival mode, when you can't see your way, and let us take that burden off. Now it's vulnerable to do that, isn't it? Takes risk, 
to actually let people see the fact that there's 80 pounds of wool that have twigs and things that should have never have been there. And there's so much to unpackage, but why not start now? Why not allow others to begin to do the work of the ministry and help you as you get a little bit vulnerable to take off the burden? Said the other sheep, welcomed him and they nursed him back to health. Luke 15, three through seven says, then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep that he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and say, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in the same way, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous person who do not need to repent. A healthy church, a healthy connect group is just simply a structure set up to notice when one is gone. Someone wandered in and a church like this, there's hundreds of people, but when you go to a connect group, there's more like 15 or 20. And we notice when you begin to wander off we pull you back in and we tell the neighbor and the friend that you just made, they need, come on, we gotta draw them in. Let's rejoice together when they've gone away and they've, they've come back. I found that Connect is the very place where there is opportunity for health to let others help you take that burden off and be the you, the real you that God designed without the weight, without the wool, without all the things to be the true you that He designed. And if I can help us just a little bit, because I don't want to make Connect what it's not. <laughs> Sometimes people join groups or they join Connect group and it's like, these people are just going to do everything for me. No one can be a Christian for you. No one can be a Christian for me, but people can show me the way. You know, I've heard all kinds of fun stories. I remember people coming to me and they're like, I went to my Connect group and I like really needed money and they didn't give me money. I went to Connect group and, and then I called my leader a hundred times and they didn't answer. I went to Connect group and I needed a job and they didn't give me one. Connect Group is a place where there are real people doing real life with each other, believing in you, instructing you, rejoicing with you, ministering in the highs and lows, and they will show you the way to Jesus. They will not become your substitute. They will not become your priest. Jesus died so we didn't have to go to another man. Jesus died so that we could go to Jesus Himself. They will not be substitute Jesus to you, but they will surely show you the way. And in those times when you think that they didn't show up, when you're like, I called and they didn't answer, yeah, that's the time when you run to Jesus yourself and you find Him. 
because they showed you the way. When they didn't give you the job, but instead you had to go out and find one. And God presents an opportunity so you get the job. When they didn't pay your bill, but God presents you with an opportunity. When you couldn't control or manipulate or make them what you wanted to be, you put people in their rightful place and have Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you will never go wrong. Sounds like I'm preaching against Connect, but I'm not. I, I want to help you have health in your life. I wanna help you to have genuine, real connections. And I want us to join connect groups because we will make the greatest friends of our life in that place. Because we have people that truly love you, care about you, and will lead you to Jesus himself. Can I get everybody to stand on their feet, please? Community was God's idea. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, and let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together as believers, as Christians, for worship and instruction, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ returning. Do you know that we never become too Christian to not be in connect group? It's a forever kind of thing. We may do different things. We may find ourselves leading one one day, but we're all called to relationships so that when come what may happens in our life, we are able to, to run to Jesus, to run to healthy community, to hope and hope itself. That's what the body of Christ is. And that's what you have an opportunity to be a part of today. So I want you to just close your eyes and lift your hands to heaven. And I'm gonna pray, hand over the service. And I want you after this service to fill out that card. It's more important than you might think. All of us have a propensity to be that woolly sheep. <laughs> We all have a propensity to run from pain and delay. But could we make a decision this morning that come what may, I'm gonna run to Jesus himself. I'm gonna run to Jesus. I'm not gonna lose hope. I'm gonna hope in hope itself because it is Jesus. And I'm gonna run to this healthy community and I'll become a part of it. And when I wanna run, I'm gonna stay and I'm gonna see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I'm gonna see the promises that God spoke to me become a reality. I'm gonna see the promises of God in my life come to fruition because God is God. And I place my faith in Him. Lord, I thank You for every person that is here. I thank You that we can bring to You every pain, every delay, every bit of in-between, every burden, everything we've been carrying, all the mess and all the struggle. Lord, this morning, we lay it at your feet. We don't pretend it's not there. And Lord, I pray right now that you would minister to us. Lord, minister to us now. Let your presence overwhelm us. 
Let your presence speak to us. Oh, Holy Spirit, we give you all access pass to our hearts, to our thought life. Search me, oh Lord. Find the gold on the inside of me, Father. Remind me of who I am when I have forgotten. Remind me, oh God, of your miracles and your faithfulness, Father, when I cannot see my way forward. Lord, minister to each and every one of us. We thank you that you are faithful, that he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete what he started. Lord, we thank you right now. We thank you, Father, that you are faithful to complete every good work on the inside of us till the day that we see you, Father, face to face. Jesus, we praise you. We glorify you. We praise you right here in the middle, right here in the in-between. We praise you. We glorify you. It's in your most magnificent, holy name we pray. Can I get a big amen? Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.